The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. News team, assemble! It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast on Soonerscoop.com. We're here for another week. So we get ready for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane coming up this weekend. Uh, the uh, crew will be there. Uh, Eddie, Bob, and George be covering it this weekend. Uh, we've been out to practices. We've had press conferences. Uh, I'm just going to throw the elephant out there because I deserve it, and I hope the internet just assaults me. This is the third start to the podcast. Uh, I hit record once, then I didn't hit record, and now I've hit record. And let me just check because I will kill myself if we have to go four time. Yes, we're a minute into. I don't think podcast. that you'd have to kill yourself. <laughs> no, just, just there would there bring would be on. there would just be a homicide. There would be a homicide. I deserve within the Suter Scoop offices. There would be yellow tape no, surrounding. I would literally. I have plenty of sharp objects around here. I would just. Stick it into my neck, and then I would be done. Well, with make it. sure that you have and the then cameras rolling. You wouldn't rolling. know how to run anything, unfortunately. <laughs> make, if I did that. Make sure the cameras are rolling when you do that. We'll put it on YouTube. Oh my god! We'll just oh my get the god. YouTube oh my account god. suspended. Oh my god. Suspended right off the bat. <laughs> I should be suspended. Just suspend me for a week. Just now, we still want to get stuff done. <sighs> do a hundred burpees. I'm sorry uh, to you guys. Oh, the god. listeners don't know. Uh, they do now because I have to keep saying the same things I've said over and over. Uh, Eddie and George have been killing the YouTube game. Uh, go check them out, Soonerscoop.com slash YouTube. Uh, all the shirts that you see on YouTube still available. Uh, the good thing about this weekend might be that, you know, uh, well, it's not a bad thing, but, you know, in the, in the, when it's a home game, we get a lot of visitors, and that makes it kind of difficult to get some things done some days. But, you know... I'll sell hundreds of dollars of merch uh, to, to make life a little difficult getting ready for, for game day. Uh, but, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on out there. Uh, post-game pod's doing fantastic, by the way. I was looking at some numbers of that. I mean, you guys are just consuming the hell out of that thing. Uh, and that's been a lot of fun, the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast. We'll have another one. 2.30 kick. Let's get the... Eddie, what's the? How do you watch the game this weekend? Maybe we should do that in podcast. How do you watch the game? What like do you, mean? you love that 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 <laughs> oh, like clickbait the, the clickbait story so much. Clickbait yeah. story. Uh, well, ESPN two. <laughs> I'm gonna be there. It's on ESPN two this week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Turn on ESPN two. That's the thing. We rarely concern ourselves with how to watch it during the weekend because it's usually I like usually look at the game notes and then I go, oh, okay. okay, that's good. And then I'd never think about it. I'd never. I think uh, Brock Osweiler's yes. on the call this yes, weekend. Uh, oh, Dave Fleming, who I think does a fantastic job on uh, baseball. He, he's the uh, voice of the Giants. So Okay. 
Oh, San Francisco Giants. San okay. Francisco Giants. Yeah, he's a Bay Area guy. He's a big Stanford fan. By the way, what a what a night last night, man. I mean, we're here in the office, and I hear Eddie from the other room goes, Rogers is hurt. Oh, and on I Monday? Think, Monday? I think, or Monday night. I think to myself, like, who on OU's team's name Rogers? Because, uh, you know, we're always in OU mode, and then I realize, oh, shit, the Jets are playing. Like, Four plays. Like, how hurt is he? Sucks. And I didn't know that it was like really bad until I got in there and started watching it and saw they'd been carted off. Yeah, you can you can hate the guy for you know everything that he does off the field, but I don't hate him at all. The, I don't have any problem with I, what he does. He's off the Packers. I don't have to hate him. I kind um, of well, you enjoyed the. Uh, I enjoyed Hard Knocks. I only watched the first couple episodes. I, I do too. that every year where I watch the first couple episodes and then football actually gets here. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't really need to watch that. But it was uh, it's sad, man. Like just the buildup that came with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I mean, I was thinking about this today. Like the fact that he orchestrated, like who was going to be on that team before he was, when he was still with the Packers, like Alan Lazard and, uh, and Randall Cobb and like, all that stuff that he went through to get there, and yeah. he gets there, and, he, and it's over in four In four plays. four plays. Four plays. That's all it was. It, it sucks. But now one of my uh Did we have a discussion family... about Sam Bradford and all that? Was that us talking? What? Like, worst starts for a quarterback in his season? Maybe I, I end up, I'm talking on so many shows, and I'm listening to so many I don't know. people talk. Like I don't remember having that conversation. Okay. But, yeah, it reminded me of the Sam Bradford, the BYU game thing. Oh, just like the season's basically over before right. it starts. Exactly. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, I am happy, though, because I am family friends with, with, the uh, with the Wilsons. I talked to his dad <laughs> at OU football camp a couple years ago. So, uh, he's good, got, yeah, he's good, got, good. Garrett, I got Garrett I Wilson, to too. too. Yeah. Good for you, uh, Zach Wilson. That's going to be... Where did, did his little brother end up at Utah? I think he's a senior in high school. Yeah, this he's year, a he been a, guy, Yeah, he so, would have been a junior yeah. when but he was I, coming in. I believe in. he's committed. Yes, to Utah. To, to Utah, he's going against mm-hmm. the family grain. I think that's right. Or was it? No, I yeah. think Zach Wilson went against I, the family I, I think grain. Zach did. I think they're exactly. Utah people that he ended up in Provo. That makes a lot more sense with all the you know mom stuff he's been through. I think they're Mormon, but I oh, think they? that his dad played at Utah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean. Utah just beating Baylor. I mean, Baylor 0-2 now. Uh, do you watch, like, there's the SEC guy that's known, like, that production that, like, Kirk Herbstreet's on it at the end every time. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Josh? Like, the SEC shorts. Oh, the SEC shorts. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the other guy that does it, though? He does, he plays all the parts, but he's like the other schools, and he did the under 500 club this week, and uh, it was pretty funny. You need to go on YouTube. I can't remember the guy's name, but um, Auburn was walking by and laughing at everybody. I thought that Arkansas and Florida and everything. <laughs> so I thought that, and that wasn't like that impressive of a win. I mean, the Cal, or Cal really gave them all they wanted. So um, yeah, they had a shot in the end zone in the final play of the game. But unfortunately, I hate to I hate to remind everybody of this, but we are living in a world where Texas is actually good at football and. I would say that this is the most concerned OU fans have ever been before OU Texas. After the after the win at Alabama, I mean it's a crazy world to live in. They they went out and they whooped Alabama's ass in the fourth I mean, quarter. Yeah. When it mattered most, they well, I think they whooped their ass in the first half. What were they up thirteen to six at halftime? Yeah, I think in the third quarter is when Alabama looked like they might be able to. Well, they tied come back. it up and then uh, Texas struck right back. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, all of a sudden, or they didn't tie it up, but they cut it to a three-point game, I believe. Three or four. We were in the post-game press conference. Either but, that or Quinn Ewers, he loves playing Alabama because he was really good before he, he got really knocked well. out last year. He played really well, and I don't know if you've taken in any of the uh, Dan Orvlosky, like breakdown of what Sark did offensively, but no, it was kind of a master class. He did, they had a really, really good night. And, I, you know, it, OU's going to have a long way to go, and I think defensively uh, it's going to be kind of fun if they can continue to take steps here over the next three weeks. Uh, it should set up for what is a little bit of a showdown at the Cotton Bowl just from a defense versus offense perspective. But I know that we kind of talked about this on the postgame pod that, uh, Josh, we for years and years and years, Oklahoma fans have been talking about getting a defense that – uh, is at least somewhat recognizable to what I think Oklahoma fans are used to defensively. And uh, all anybody wants to talk about around here is what's not happening with OU offensively. Yeah, and guys, for me, the thing I kind of come back to on that is Oklahoma with their history and the talent that we all know is there on the offense, if I'm an OU fan, I feel much better about the offense being able to get on track and figuring out what's bothering it and whatever its problems are, well, especially when you know you go through the Monday morning idiot. Like a lot of their problems were self-inflicted. They 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 hurt themselves through ineligible you know, personnel receiver decisions. downfield. Yeah. Oh my. The the <laughs> that video should be a gif. Like him. Like oh shit. Like realizing none of his friends are with him and he's all alone in the world. So. Uh, trying to run back is just fantastic. But, um, you know, again, and we talked about this on one of the previous recordings, Drake Stoops and Gavin Freeman both dropping a pass in the same game is not something I think you'll see again, like this season or any other point in time. So I, that's, to me, like just there were a lot of self-inflicted wounds that maybe weren't as obvious as some of the stuff. I mean, but I, I think this can be better. But again, if you tell me that if, if I'm an OU fan and you say, okay, the offense is going to start out a little slow and the defense is going to be strong, I would take that because I still believe the offense has all the right ingredients to be to be fine, to be perfectly, to be good enough to win any game it plays in. The defense, you had those questions. I mean, if you had any brain in your head, you had the question. So now to kind of see, okay, maybe – Maybe the defense is going to be at least serviceable, and then the offense can still still can be what you wanted it to be in the preseason. That that feels like a better recipe than people are acknowledging. You know, uh, there's something I want to get to because we're going to get more to the defense and in, in all the tries that I've screwed up of this podcast today. We haven't mentioned the defense, so looking forward to kind of getting everybody's fresh perspective on the defense uh, because it is the enjoy fresh perspective look around. Uh, and I will say. Danny Stutzman said something yesterday in his interview session about being able to see a little guy hiding behind the line and knowing that something was up. So I think we need to get him LASIK if he doesn't already have it because we need him to see more of that, Eddie. And we would take him to Enjoy Vision, which is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for me. What they're doing for the U40 listener is they're giving $400 off if you're interested in LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N, J-O-Y, withme.com, and use promo code U40. Doesn't that make sense? This is the U40, and all you got to do is use promo code U40 for $400 off LASIK. Enjoy vision. This is where you LASIK. 
So I, I don't want to make this a, a total defense thing, but I will say my one takeaway from the game, just after thinking about it, uh, is, my God, they have someone leading their defense that can sniff things out. Like every trick play that mm-hmm. SMU tried to run, Danny Stutzman was right there. And that, that was all little fumble Ruski thing they tried doing, like Trace Ford was right there with him. Like, yeah, and you know who the third guy was? Can I? Woody Washington. Oh, was it Woody? Three okay. guys that have played a ton of college football. Yeah. I mean, it just, Josh, to me, that was the impressive thing. Like, okay, those guys are starting to get a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and uh, that's that's the thing. Guys, I was actually I was trying to pull it up here while you were talking, Kerry. I went back and looked because somebody was like, you know, if this defense is what it's starting to look like, how does it compare to some of those 2000 groups? And somebody brought up 2008. I was like, well, I mean, you're talking about Gerald McCoy, Jeremy Beal. Like up front, it doesn't match up. There, there's just no, there's no way to spin that. But in the back, I was like, okay, th- there's some, there's some comparison there. I mean, you got Brian Franks. Jackson starting at one corner, uh, Travis Lewis at linebacker. I mean, so I, I just, I see that back seven's got a chance to be really good and. If they can get, you know, Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner and Gentry Williams comes back healthy, like, you know, I know Brent talked about he was going to be good to go this week. If they can start developing that depth, I mean, it's not just, oh, these guys are good players. There's a lot. Like, there's they can cycle in bodies there that can make a lot of plays because, guys, Keyshawn Lawrence looked outstanding. Yeah, he like, really I did. thought he had some really great moments. Uh, that The reverse, that you know, and, and um, you know, I know Eddie kind of referenced that, but Danny flattened out the bat. You know, he kind of kept mm-hmm. him uh, having to run laterally rather than being able to get upfield. But it was Keyshawn just closing from safety that was amazing. I've never heard anybody call him Keyshawn. It that struck me in a weird way <laughs> because he he told us in his first year he he prefers key. key. Yeah. Yes. So take that. Charles. All right. Well. Well, we'll change it in the report card. All right. Well, and then you add Peyton official. Bowen into the mix. I mean, he well, had the big play late in the game. Let's just get into it. I mean, that's. What's kind of interesting going into the Tulsa week with the injury to Justin Harrington, it, you know, if you're able to get Desan McCullough back this week, what else are you going to do? Are you getting Peyton Bowen more involved at the cheetah position? I think it's pretty obvious that uh, you want him on the field. Just like the break on the ball that he made. When was the last time you've seen an Oklahoma safety bat down a ball? diving through the air like that. That's one of those plays that they just haven't had. They're usually not close enough to. No. They're trying to make up the ground to get the tackle as opposed to trying to make a play on the ball. And Well, and you kind of saw that early from Billy Bowen, Bowman. Uh, he had two of the most awkward-looking plays followed up by about three or four of those plays where he's just like, yep, that's Billy Bowman. That's why he's out there. That's why he's a difference maker. Uh, he just had a really strange day. Yeah, I mean, he had a that, he had that, that, near, oh. that one looked like it was an interception going right to him. I don't know right. how he catch it. I I trusted Billy. I thought he had that pick, and then the receiver just was in front of him. You're like, oh man, he didn't see that coming at all. I I, th- I thought Teddy Lehman brought up a good point. Ten years ago, that wide receiver just gets massacred. Like that's just a you know <laughs> yeah. Billy Bowman just waiting to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, so like you get it, but um, yeah. I, Guys, the thing, and, and I'm interested, and I'm trying to remember what the, the cheetah depth chart looked like. We know it was Harrington, McCullough, 
and I know Bowen was and third Pearson. or fourth, but was Reggie Pearson yeah, the other one? Pier- and they had a lot of Pearson playing Cheetah when they needed to That's, give Harrington uh, yep. a breather. So you go That's Pearson. That's exactly what I noticed as well, Bob. Pearson yes. down to Cheetah, and then that allows Key to get back out on the field a little bit more. And I would say, you know, you guys. Bowen, between Bowen, Key, and Bowman, one of them is not going to be on the field. Well, I mean, I don't think that they're going to flip Peyton over to uh, Free. Bob, you want to say something else? That's just, uh, Motherfucker. <laughs> it's, but that's a good problem. You have guys that you can, just you can count out. on. You can, like, it's not just guys that, like, I, people breathers. You actually think they can do things. I agree with you, though. I, I want as much Peyton Bowen as humanly possible. And Ted Roof talked about it on Monday. Uh, no moment has been too big for him. He's responded to everything. Even the... The pass interference call, that was bullshit. That was. I thought it was oh, yeah, live. I, it was I saw that replay, like, oh, that's not awful. I'm like, terrible. he didn't touch him. It's terrible. No, it was bad. And the refs were like, oh, that's a good call. I was like, that, not the refs, the announcers <laughs> oh, on TV. Yeah, Jared Cannon, that's like pass oh, interference all day. This is a good call. I'm like, no, it's not. That's a terrible call. Yeah, he never um, turned him with his hand or anything. I mean, it was just, it was a terrible. Anyway, um, the, here's the important thing. And I think the thing that you know, we have to stress is and we talked about it last night. You guys have kind of been peeking, you know, how he's looked at practice when you've gone out for interviews. Yeah, I, it doesn't appear that Justin Harrington's going to be able to play. And I don't think that. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't. It doesn't sound like this is a thing that he's going to be back in a week. I I wouldn't. I'm not going to say he's out for the season or anything, but I think it's pretty bad. Interesting. I hope not. Well, I mean, that just means that Desama Cole's got to get healthy, and you know, because that that would suck. I mean, this is it's a great story, but Justin Harrington's oh, yeah. been able to do over and the first two games. Played well, yeah. We'll see. I I don't know. I think that there is a big question mark though about his status and the you know when he can get back onto the field, not just if. Yeah, that's I go back. You know, because Brent Venables can be wordy. He can go on and on, but when we ask about the son and Justin. Very tight-lipped, one-sentence answers. Let's move on. I have nothing else to say. One's banged up, and the other uh, talking about Desan. Hopeful. So I, I, but I will say, like just from what we saw last night, it looked like Desan practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you go back a week, and when they say it's not a high ankle sprain, he was suited up on Saturday. He just didn't go through pregame or anything like right. that. So I would be pretty surprised if Desan didn't play this week. Which you know they might have kept him out again if Harrington was healthy, but that's not yeah the maybe so I don't I don't know and the other thing is is it's just weird because the Harrington injury so I went back and looked today he does not have that leg wrap on in the first quarter no by the start of the second quarter he has the leg wrap on so it happened at some point and whatever injury he played with he played with the entire game made the interception right. So, uh, I mean, that's going to be one of the big things to watch out for. I mean, obviously... Um, it's concerning. I, I would say this. I felt like, Josh, in this game, the pass rush was more effective. And, uh, of course, Brent you know, sent more people and you know, did more things. I mean, it seems like Stutzman and, and Kanick were blitzing about every other down. Um, but even though they don't have the sack totals, uh, Preston Stone was many times flush from the pocket just trying to get rid of the ball i was impressed kind of with stone just how mature he was as a guy that knew okay it's better just to throw this thing away instead of force it um but that happened a lot in that game 
I was more impressed with his decision making than I was in the Louisiana Tech game. I thought in Louisiana Tech he threw, he just took a couple shots, like and almost to the point of you were uh, kind of like what we we're talking about with Dylan Gabriel, where there's this feeling of like, dude, you're gonna have to take a couple shots. Like you're gonna ha- if you're gonna beat this defense, you're gonna have to take a couple chances and trust your receivers to make a play. Um, and pre- obviously Dylan Gabriel didn't have to do it as much as Preston Stone did because Oklahoma was going to put up some points. Now I'll say the thing that um, I know everybody, cause everybody knew all these names on the SMU offense, the Preston Stone, Jordan Hudson, obviously offensive line had a lot of, um, you know, power five transfers on it, that kind of stuff. I, I think that the SMU offense was a little overrated coming in. I think people maybe expected a little more than was there. At the same time, I think SMU's defense was a little underrated. I think it's a better group than people are acknowledging. I thought their defensive line was one of the better G5 defensive lines I've seen come into Norman. Like I thought they were a really good group and held up pretty well. Um, and you know, some of that can be attributed to maybe Oklahoma didn't have their A game, whatever. But I, I again, I liked Preston Stone's decision making. He didn't put SMU in bad situations. And Eddie, you talked about it earlier. That breakup that Peyton Bowen, there's there's a lot of guys, but that's a completed pass. Like sure. I'm not talking about just at OU. A lot of guys cannot make that play. They don't read it as fast as Peyton does and don't have the athleticism. But to kind of further your point, the back to back, can I doing it on third down yeah. and Peyton yep. breaking it up on fourth down? When's the last time Oklahoma could say that? Like they had DBs that like a ball didn't get dropped or a throw wasn't made. Like it was just flat out two defensive backs made great plays. It is positive news. And I think that, you know, we've talked about this before and they've talked about the competitive depth at the cornerback position, especially like to know that Kanai didn't even start the game. He comes in for Gentry Williams, who, uh, you know, is going to be fine. He came back into the game on Saturday, but it does seem that they have multiple bodies that they can throw out there. And, you know, if you can get a Macari Vickers going, I did see Jaden Rowe yesterday. Looked like he was limping around. I, I don't know what the status is there, but I think George and I kind of, I guess, came to the conclusion just by the way he was walking. It looked like a little bit of a groin injury. Uh, but at the same time, I you have to like what they've done on the back end. Uh, it's been really good. You kind of left wanting a little bit more from that, uh, defensive line group, and we'll see. I mean, it seems like they're creating pressure and they're moving the pocket. They just got to get home. And they there was a couple times that I think it was Bothroyd came through the middle and um, Stone was able to evade him. Uh, Ethan Downs has the sack, but it's negated because of a face mask. Ethan Downs, he's had a pretty good year. I think there was a lot of people when he was on the preseason All-Big 12 team that just went, yeah, well... He's probably not going to be playing much, but he's had a really nice year. And just talking to him yesterday, uh, he's going to be a captain this week in Tulsa. He's gotten a lot bigger. Like his his neck and shoulders are massive. Josh is like, yeah, move him inside. No, Get, no, I, don't I mean, move him. Inside. I was kind of under the impression he leaned out a little bit, like I, that maybe he wasn't as. I thought last year, because I think he was listed at like 263 or something last year. Like some He's big put on better number. weight, yeah. And I, I don't know if he just redistributed it or what, because I mean, I haven't seen him, so I'm going to have to take Eddie's word on that. So I, I just, watching the games, he seems like a little bit more like the guy I saw in high school where he's really athletic, he can really run straight line, 
And, I mean, again, Preston Stone's a good athlete, and he was closing down Preston Stone there in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah, he's it's been a couple of really good games for him. And I, I think it the guy I would say, uh, you know, I know I've been tough on Ethan, the guy that I was really gung-ho about coming into the year is I keep waiting for Bothroyd to have a moment, like something where he just, just you know, just really mm-hmm. makes a play. And he, it's not that he's been bad by yeah. any stretch. But it's just kind of been like, okay, he's out there. He's playing good run defense. But I kind of thought he would make more impact behind the line of scrimmage. He made a couple of really nice plays, uh, rush defense on Saturday. I bought through the, like the first play of the game that you highlighted, the first play in Monday Morning Idiot. That was a really nice play. Takes on a double team, stuffs the run. They've, If you can say anything about this defense, and there are a lot of positives there, uh, the way that they've defended the run so far through two games has been extremely good, and I, you would hope that that's kind of a, a base starting point for what, how good this defense could be. Yeah, they've got well, they've allowed four runs of more than 10, 10 yeah. yards the entire season. I want to ask Josh, who are your interior guys at this point? Because I've seen zero separation. Lula's been really I, good. I, I think say Jonah's Jonah's the one that sticks out to me. I thought he was really good um, uh, both weeks, honestly, but I thought against. Like I said, a, a pretty game SMU offensive line. Um, I thought he stood out. Uh, Terry would probably be my nose. Um, I like he's just so stout. There is not. There's not going to be anything flashy. It's not pretty. Um, Isaiah Coe probably brings you a little bit more from a pass rushing perspective. I think he's a little twitchier. Um, but I will say, guys, something. And I, I mentioned it in the idiot, and I don't know that it's gotten a lot of talk, but. This package they're running on third and longs where they're running out Grayson Halton and Jonah Lalu to basically be their pass rushers. And then, you know, you've got Trace Ford standing up or, you know, they, they, they mix it a little bit more outside, but they clearly think Halton and Lalu are their best pass rushers on the interior. Yeah, and I, I've been surprised that, you know, Halton's been, you know, down further on the depth chart and things like that because I just thought that he's explosive-wise, he's – one of the better young guys on that in that entire roster. So, yeah, he's. I mean, if you were going to gamble on an interior lineman amongst the young guys, and I realize there's not many of them right now, but I mean, he's he's clearly the one that's flashed. And I would say, other than Jonah, he's had more flashy moments than anybody else on the roster. He'll make some plays that you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know that that's technically what he's asked to do. I think he just made a play beyond his position, kind of. Uh, I, we we want to get to some offensive stuff, but, you know, just rounding out defense, um, I you know, I think I like what you what I continue to see about Kenai Walker. I mean, after we talked to him last week, he's just like, man, how can you not root for that guy? Yeah. Uh, but he continues to be a bigger and bigger factor in things. Uh, and, of course, we saw Peyton Bowen, special teams, uh, the block where he wasn't supposed to be doing that, but he did it anyway, which I thought was awesome. I like a, I, I like a five-star that freelances a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it works. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, in the past, that kind of stuff wouldn't have worked. But, sure. Uh, no, I, I think overall you should feel good about the defense. I mean, Kevin Wilson's going to come with some crazy stuff this week, I think. No doubt. It'll give him a new kind of test. But I'll tell you what, like, as, as much as, like, I've loved what I've seen from a bunch of the starters. Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie. Oh, yeah. Like when you talk yeah. about just the future of the linebacker position, and you could even throw Jaron in there because he's still relatively a young player. Uh, that group could be 
I mean, and I guess it shouldn't. Like I say it surprisingly, but we've after, seen enough misses. After we've two seen years, misses well, after two years spot. with Brent, though, it shouldn't be a surprise that that group is coming along and looking like they could be very, very good eventually. It was kind of funny uh, Monday when Ted Roof came to the uh, the the podium. I think that's the happiest I've ever seen him. He should he's, give everybody. He the saw middle Barry finger. Trammell. Yeah. He gets excited when he sees Barry. He's giving them, he's joking around with them. He likes old people. I think he doesn't like young people. He's given George a hard time. Not George. Eli. Give, Eli Chapman. Yes. Yeah. I think George is like. I don't think he likes me. I was like, well, it's because you're young. Who does? <laughs> God. Uh, I know who does. It's the folks at Prime Shrimp. Uh, PrimeShrimp.com. Uh, go check them out. Restaurant quality meals at home, uh, which is important. I, I went to the fancy restaurant last night. I got some uh, bao buns. You ever had those? Nobody? I have no What's a What's the fancy restaurant? <laughs> no, fancy uh, grocery store, I mean. Oh. Uh, I no, like don't not, know what you're talking about. It's not like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's not a Whole Foods, but it's like, it's a Sprouts. What, sprouts? Yeah, Sprouts. Uh, oh, that's mm-hmm. well, like everything's organic, and it's you feel like you know you're healthier just by shopping there. They don't really have like real chips or cereal or stuff like that. Correct. Uh, you can't shop. For, you can't shop for kids there, can you? I just, uh, Brit Brittany loves it. I no. Mm, no. Hmm. I mean, it, you're so picky. No, I, Bob has to pay a dollar extra per item. That's why he doesn't like. Sprouts well, they, they charge you for your bags. They and do stuff. charge you for yeah, bags, like yep. fifteen cents or something. <laughs> But I got like bow buns. I was like, I those have always interested me. I, you know, and it was okay. I mean, I, I'd rather have. I mean, it was not restaurant quality, but like you get the prime shrimp. It's legit restaurant quality. Uh, you just boil some water, put the bag in there. It's fully seasoned. Uh, you can get whatever flavor you want. And right now, you can use your promo code, uh, which is U forty, and you will get twenty five percent off your entire order of fifty dollars or more. Uh, but it's it's just shrimp made easy, man. New Orleans style barbecue, garlic or butter shrimp, the French Quarter Alfredo, uh, signature Cajun season. Just go to their website, check it out, see what you like. Uh, make sure you get at least fifty bucks worth of stuff. Uh, you're gonna want to do that anyway if you like the shrimp because uh, you're gonna eat that stuff fast, and uh, you'll get twenty five percent off using that promo code U forty. Uh, and avoid those charges from DoorDash and Grubhub and all that stuff. Uh, just enjoy that meal at home, healthy. Uh, and uh, it'll taste fantastic. So, primeshrimp.com, great sponsor of the podcast, and appreciate you guys supporting them. Okay, um, Bob, before we uh, switch out and, and, and bring George in, let's kind of go over offense a little bit. Uh, I kind of said this on one of the Lost Pods. Like, my, I did say this. I didn't kind of. <laughs> uh, you'll never be able to prove it, though, uh, if I was right or wrong, based on the fact that they're no longer here. Anyway, to me, guys, the biggest issue is not so much who is running the ball, but who they're running the ball behind. The, the offensive line, to me, has to be better in order for this offense to be what I know every fan wants it to be, which is explosive, You know, scoring 45 points a game. I, they just have to have more time for Dylan Gabriel in the pocket. They have to run the ball a little bit better. Uh, to me, until that gets solved, until Bill Biedenbaugh kind of gets his five in there, it's going to be, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, we had McCade use the term wake-up call. And so then I asked Walter Rouse, is it a silver lining that you can get a wake-up call 
this early in the season because you know you can fix it. And he was like, yeah, I can see where you're going, but we can't let the fact that we're playing Arkansas State or SMU dictate how our technique is. Like, the effort's been fine, but, like, we have to be at the top of our game every single time. We can't have a subpar effort like SMU. That makes us start playing with better technique. It needs to be there every single practice, every single game. They have their starting five, though, don't they? Well, they did until Savion Bird Bird did what he did last week. I mean, he got his ass pulled, but I would still suspect that he's going to be the starter at left guard. I just, I guess that's the big question mark is Troy Everett going to end up winning that job when it's all said and done. And then if he is, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it just seems like you went into the season. They had that starting five. It was what the talk was. Uh, just hope that there was no injuries or anything like that. It never even crossed anybody's mind that like, what if Savion goes out and he has a shitty night? You know, Josh, we, we've uh, talked about Troy Everett in the Lost Pod and about him trying to learn this position. Based on what you saw, do you think he's got a future as a left guard? Uh, it's not what you want your long-term answer to be. I mean, he's he's light for a center. As a guard, It's that's tricky. I mean, he, he, to me, he's a center all day. I think he can be a really good one based on some of the stuff he did at Appy State last year. But, um, you know, they need – again, it's kind of like what we're talking about with Tawi Walker and some of the other com- conversations. If this team's going to be what it wants to be, they need Savion Bird to be a guy. They they need him to take that role, be the player he's capable of being. Like again, and guys, like one of the things that I thought was a hallmark of Savion Bird is he's going to be physical, he's going to be violent, and he was not last week. Like even before the penalty, I I was like, what what's happening? Like he was just kind of body bumping and shoving guys. Like I I don't know. Like did, well, and, did you know, Josh, somebody did his dog get run over? I, I can't. Like something happened. Like he just looked off. You guys remember, um, I, 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 it might have even been Bob, you asking the question, but we talked to, to Mattire earlier in camp, like during preseason camp, just about Savion Bird, and he was basically like, yeah, it, it, I think then it was about, you know, getting his weight up and stuff like that, but he's like, he has to understand what it's like to play, you know, 13 games in a season. Like, he doesn't know that yet. So, like, I think it's almost like, these guys that are the veterans that have been around, they know that he has some maturing to do, that he's not, you know, playing through the whistle. He's not playing as hard every snap as he needs to play. Uh, and I, th- I I think that, you know, probably lesson learned, you would hope, after last week, after basically, and Eddie's turned it this way many times, it's the truth, he got benched. I mean, you're a guy that thought you were figuring things out, and now all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess I'm not figuring things out because they just benched my ass. I mean, I don't know. That that felt like – now, I will say, when he came back in the game later, I thought it was better. Like, I, I thought he really – he he was not, not perfect by any stretch, but much better. And I, I guess, like, part of it for me is probably, or, you know, judging or trying to guess what Bill's thinking when he makes that decision to pull him out of the game. Some of it looked effort-related. Like, you can deal with a guy making mental mistakes that hadn't played enough ball yet, but, like, he just looked like he was going through the motions. And that, again, something you said earlier, Kerry, I mean, it was Olay. I mean, like, he made no real attempt at that block. That was just – that was as 
soft as I've seen and easy a sack as you'll ever get it, against it, it almost, uh, align the caliber of Oklahoma. It, Josh, it almost reminded you of the uh, like when an offensive lineman is getting ready to pull or on a screen or something, and you're supposed to let the guy through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, seriously, I did, did he like, not know the play? Like, I'm I'm asking, is that it, like a serious possibility as shitty as that was? Maybe that was a pro- Maybe that's connected to the Tyler Guyton not understanding that he was not running five yards downfield. I mean, maybe the offensive line were having trouble hearing that night. I don't know. I, it was, um, you know, I can't remember which conversation we've had, but just all night they just looked so off and i don't mean just the offensive line like everything the guys just i don't know if every you know i don't want to run into the old cliche of oh they read their press clippings all week or you know whatever the crap you want to say but like nobody was talking that highly of them i promise you (laughs) it it didn't look focused like it didn't look good and i don't know why well and it's a problem because it's the foundation of your offense it's how long Dylan Gabriel can be back in the pocket and let Andrell Anthony get 20, 30, 40 yards downfield. Uh, and, I mean, that's the thing. It's like when you can get Jalil Farouk and you can get Andrell Anthony and you can get uh, Gavin Freeman and Drake Stoops, like those are your best weapons. You have to be able to use them. Uh, and and when you don't have that protection and you're left to try and run the ball, uh, you, we don't know how good – uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachek are going to be, we think, pretty good. We know kind of what they've got in, in Marcus Major. We know kind of what Tawi Walker is. They all have a little bit of a ceiling. Like, And that was my point, again, to the Lost Pods. Like, you cannot have an offense that, f- that the main feature of that offense is Tawi Walker. I mean, he needs to be a part of it, and he, he's a good player. I'm not trying to shit on him. Uh, and I'm sorry if anybody thinks I am, but that's not that's not going to score you 40 50 points a game just just making your offense about Tawi Walker. It has to be about getting the ball over the top, getting it to Jalil Farouk, you know, in space, getting it to Gavin Freeman in space, getting Andrell Anthony behind uh, a secondary. Like that's how you score all the points. So they've got to start working towards that and they can't work towards that if the offensive line can't give enough protection. Now, Kerry, I I want to like I want to make sure. Are you saying it more from a perspective of OU isn't confident that they have that or that they didn't do it? Because in the game, I just don't think they did it. One they didn't do it. Hurry. No, they didn't do it. I, th- there's not. I mean, like I'd have to. Go and back I'm saying, and look, I'm saying that's on Jeff Lebby. I'm saying, time. I'm saying that's on Jeff Lebby. Is what I'm saying. I mean, your offensive game plan uh, and what you tried to do. Taking. I mean, how many okay. shots did they try and take? They None, but I don't think it had anything to do with. I don't think it had anything to do with pressure. They just didn't throw the ball downfield. Same, because I think Same. they thought that they couldn't protect Gabriel long enough. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to see is if you think it's about what OU perceives it as or what happened. Because what happened, I didn't feel like Dylan Gabriel was under a bunch of pressure. No, but no. I mean, he, run but he also didn't have to stand back there in the pocket very many times because he didn't take any of those shots. That's fair. Sure, sure, you're right. And how much of that is just being conservative, play calling wise? I mean, I I don't know why you would have. Why? Been. I mean, yes, thank you. The why? coaches <laughs> seem to understand that this was a pretty big challenge facing SMU. Yeah, I I think that those questions are valid in terms of play calling, but 
I mean, if you went out there saying, oh, we, we believe in our defense, we're going to let them win, everyone should be fired. They should all be fired if that was the approach that they, they planned on having all week. It just seemed like it was – it. they raced out to the – I guess not even raced out, but you build a 14-3 lead and then all of a sudden you're driving and you don't get the fourth and one. Uh, that was in the third quarter, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how that explains what happened in the second quarter. I mean, was I, it just drops? I think part of the confidence that I lose is seeing the way that they use Jackson Arnold. I didn't understand. I don't understand why you take the ball out of Tawi Walker's hands in short yardage. Now that I give can it get to Jackson Arnold. I do think, though, that they want to get him involved in the offense somehow. I think that they've kind of... That's great. Have a good offense, score 40, and let him come in in the second half. I think it's a little bit different than that. And there's going to be that time when time. he fakes the run and passes, and it's yeah, going, like, going to be a touchdown. Maybe it builds off of a lot of stuff. I I have way further bigger problems with, uh, or farther bigger problems with the running back rotation than I do anything on the offensive line. Yeah. I... I, I, I need a home I, run I, hitter. Um, I, yeah, I can, I can get with that. I mean, they, I, they need Javante Barnes. They need Gavin Sawchuk to be bigger parts. Jeff Levy said they're going to be, but you know, I, you can say that. And as I was reminded as uh, from a bunch of people on Twitter, you have to be on the field to get him the ball. <laughs> well, we're turning into conspiracy theorists in the office. I mean. We almost we, we're trying to figure out like there's nothing else make that any makes sense. sense. You're trying yeah. to rationalize it exactly. Like, is he is he trying to like? And believe me, this is like I feel like a YouTube commenter when I say this. But like, is he trying to save him for the grind of the Big Twelve or save them for the grind of the Big Twelve? Which because is funny. Sawchuck was beat up during spring and because he, Barnes has been beaten up before. Like. If you remember, Brent was asked about saving Billy Bowman on kickoff. He's like, "We went six and seven. We can't save anybody. We need to. We need to go out and win." So that, I, but that's the only possible logical thought you could have is that all right? These guys, they weren't a hundred percent. They're like ninety percent, but they haven't been a hundred. Yeah, well, we're going to save other, them. There's one other logical thought, which is. It's DeMarco Murray being a hard ass because he doesn't like the way they've practiced leading up to games. Oh, I think that there's a lot of that. And and not to say that they haven't been practicing well, but this is 100% a DeMarco decision. I don't think that Jeff Levy's radioing down to the box or down to the sideline and saying, get such and such in. I mean, DeMarco's the one that controls all that. He's the guy that sends guys in and out. Yeah, but there's the, something, and there. maybe maybe it has something to do with the packages that, that they're running. I I really don't know. I just well, if you it, need if to it, get if, number two and number twenty seven on the field more. If it goes about the same against Tulsa, then you then really the, have. Then the post game, you have to ask Lebby about who's making the the decisions, why they're making them. Do you have override? Like one hundred percent. I've been in that position before. I mean, it happened with Demarco and Chris Brown back in the day with Kale Gundy. Like. Yeah. I, I drove me insane. I remember being at Iowa State. I almost lost my mind because DeMarco Murray was just fine and available, uh, and they would not play Chris Brown. And I think I – that was probably Josh when I was running the – my only Twitter account was the Sooner Scoop account, and I was just using that to lob uh, complaints straight directly to Kale Gundy. I think – well, no, that would have predated. I don't even think Twitter existed then. That would have been, uh, no, that would have been 07. Yeah, well, we might not have had a Twitter account then. Yeah, but I do remember you were livid at that scenario. Like, I, I remember that being an issue. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, guys, one of the, you talk about personnel decisions. Austin Stogner having as many snaps as any wide receiver on that roster baffles me. I hate to I, guys, say it, go, but he Go watch a few of the idiots. His blocking is horrific in that game. I mean, horrible. I hate to say it, but he's gotten worse. Like, from when he was a freshman. And, you know, it was tough because he had that staph infection. He missed a whole year and he got tiny. It's almost like he's he, he just stopped being a football player at that point. I don't get it. Blake Smith's OU's best tight end. Like, I, I fully believe that. Eh. I mean, and I don't think Blake Smith. Who not, is if he's not? Well, I want to see more of Caleb, I guess. But you know, he's been banged up. Who? Caleb. Uh, uh, McIntyre. Cade, Cade McIntyre. Oh, Cade, Cade McIntyre. He, yeah. And he was back on the practice field on uh, Tuesday night. He has a big. It, it kind of looks badass. He has one of those massive clubs like uh, Blake wore during the spring game. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, broke his hand in the. Uh, Arkansas That's State right. game. You said you thought that that Does Llewellyn good. just suck? Also, I'm here. I'm on. The Hi, pod. George. How Hi, are George. you? Good. Hi, George. Uh, does Llewellyn just suck? Or like, what's the? He, he has. We've asked play. about him a million times, and no one ever provides any kind of a reasonable answer about. He might just suck. Uh, I thought he was a good player, but like expecting him to be ready to like, I, I thought at best he was like one of those guys that comes in like his third or fourth year on campus like oh he had 25 catches last year he had a pretty nice you know like a nice little junior senior player but i expecting him to make an impact this year i i don't think it's very realistic I, I just don't i mean i fair josh i just i've seen enough of austin stockner put somebody else in the damn <laughs> yeah. game or do do some different personnel play where the hell's Jaden gibson i mean he was or, yeah. or how about Jaquest Petaway leads him in receptions and he's not even in the game. There's so many editions of this pod that I can't remember. Have we talked about? <laughs> was I mean, No, we haven't talked about the receiver the, rotation. The wide receiver, like, the, that doesn't make any sense. If you want to say that they didn't want to take Drake Stoops off the field and that explains Jaquest Petaway, I get it. You don't get any argument from me. But from what you saw with Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson in game number one, and maybe this has a little bit more to do with blocking and just not being able to move the ball in general in the second and third quarter. Take a tight end off the field. You don't have to have two of them out there every time. But see, Josh, was There's that no not reason. was that not an indication ahead, of how they felt about their pass, you know, protection having two tights out there, or their ability maybe. to run the ball? But yeah, I mean, but again. Watch Stogner. The, the fact that they watched the same tape I did and Austin Stogner's a captain this week, I don't I don't get that. I don't know what that means. Um, the, the There's no reason him? this team should ever be in 12 personnel, ever. And I, I, I don't, I, maybe, I, ever strong. Maybe at the goal line. Maybe just to have another big body in there. But honestly, if I'm going to do that, I'd rather bring in Caden Green and let him be the next tackle, and we're just going to we're going to go double tackle left or right or whatever you want to do. Um, I I don't understand it. And guys, I was just looking at PFF. It has Nick Anderson with 17 plays. No on way. Saturday. Do you remember? I don't remember like him being on the field, let alone played no. seven. How many offensive snaps did they play on Saturday? Oh, you. 
77. Uh, yeah, 77. God damn. Did they really? That, I mean, that, that means like he was on the field almost a quarter of the game. That's crazy. Also, uh, while we're talking about snap counts, I know you guys already went in over running backs, but uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk have combined for 35 snaps this year. Marcus Major and Tawi Walker have combined for 111. So it's not even, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I and I get the Sawchuk stuff. He's been hurt. They're wanting to ease yeah. him back in. The Javante Barnes stuff, it just, it really doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I think it, the, the uh, bigger question here to kind of wrap it back to wide receivers they're just not putting their playmakers in the game it seems and and, and not to say that Andrew Anthony and Jalil Farouk aren't playmakers but you can't convince me that Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson and Jaquez Pedaway don't have I mean arguably higher ceilings than all of those guys I mean I not Jalil I don't know I like Jalil <laughs> a lot but I think Jaden Gibson is tall that's that's what he does and until I want more until Jaleel last Farouk. week until I, I last do too. Week, I'm just saying that you're I th- just digging in is what you're doing. I am. Yes, I am. Uh, but I just think. <laughs> Did that- you not see him catch the ball? It's a great play. Dodge a defender, shake another one, break a tackle, my, my and point, score a touchdown. My point is they have more. People. They have they have more guys, and I, I and I I just say that they. And it's not. I'm not saying they take Jalil Farouk out, but what if they thrown if, one touchdown to Jalil Farouk? And just the stuff that he wasn't play. here last year, so you don't know. I'm pulling yeah, you the gotta, bob right you gotta, now. You got to talk over him. I, well, it's louder. hard to talk over Kerry. All I'm saying is Jaden Gibson had six snaps. It should increase. And I'm not saying take Jalil Farouk out, but imagine if they put in a Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, Jalil Farouk, Andrew Anthony lineup in a four wide. That's a pretty damn good group. You can do multiple We're talking things. the same language here. If you're, yes. you're starting to talk about four and five wides. Oh, 100%. That's yep. what I'm saying. I'm not saying take Jalil Farouk out of the game at all. He's he's It's, it's become personal with me and you and Jalil Farouk. It's I've already personal. lost the Tawi Walker battle. So You have, and you might lose the Farouk one. <laughs> I feel pretty Guys. good about your side in this. Thank I like, I like Farouk. You. I think he... Farouk does things that I think, the, simply put, the other guys can't do. But why isn't he getting the ball more? I don't understand. We're the, asking that about I know, everyone. I'm, I know. I'm not. I'm not it's talking about Gavin you. I'm Freeman. T- and I wrote about this in the story. The, the in my game story is Jeff Levy needs to be more creative. Well, and I hate to bring this person up because everybody doesn't like him. But Lincoln Riley was so good at finding ways to use his personnel. Think back Look, with like Lincoln Lee Riley Morris. Was amazing. Lee, I mean, Lee, they didn't have a tight end. What they do? They put Lee Morris in the slot. They did a lot mm-hmm. of different things. They didn't do as many tight end sets. Jeff Lebby has to adjust to the personnel they have. They have great playmakers at wide receiver and running back. And for some reason, they're not in the damn game. But Austin Stogner is getting 60 snaps. It makes no sense. You know what's What's odd to me, Josh, is, you know, that guy that was on the field that shouldn't have been after the game? He didn't have tight mm-hmm. ends. James Hill? I didn't know you were talking about. I didn't know who you were talking about. No, the, I mean, Art Bryles didn't use tight ends at Baylor. Very, very, I mean, he had some, but they were not a big part of what he did offensively. And look, I know they've got Devon Mitchell. They've got to show that they use tight ends. They can't just disappear. But the overuse is just, and we've kind of talked about this. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you, George. I, I, I don't, I'm Josh. I just wanted to throw that out there because I thought it was ironic. No, and guys, honestly, my bigger issue is okay. If you're going to go into that game and 
your plan is to do one thing, but as you see what SMU is doing to you defensively, okay, we're going to run a lot of quick slants, a lot of comebacks, stuff like that to, you know, okay, fine. Why at that point doesn't Jaquez Petaway and Jalil Farouk become a big part of what you're doing? Because those are great run after the catch guys. Like that's, yeah. that is their game. And instead of running slants to Andrell Anthony, who's a vertical guy, like, and there, a lot of behind, you know, just personnel is it. A lot of stuff Go out ahead. to the flats to Andrell Anthony. And I know they were probably yeah. playing the pump and go game, hoping to establish mm-hmm. that. But you're right. Jalil, I mean, Jaquez Petaway should be that guy. I mean, Gavin Freeman should be that guy. I mean, yeah, for Freeman's another Jalil perfect Farouk example. should be Absolutely. that guy over over him. Yeah, I, guys, I mean, Farouk on that run, you're like that dude's getting out some anger. That looked like get me the damn ball. Like that, that I mean, and uh, not that he said that or anything, but like that looked like a guy that was like, I'm going to make everything I can out of this small opportunity. It was an impressive run. It really was. Um, it was. It really was. Look. Um, by the way, want to remind you, Dead Soxy, they're out there for you. Hopefully, you got to take a chance, uh, take advantage of the uh, score sale uh, that happened after the Arkansas State game. But even if you didn't, they're still there for you with twenty five percent off. Just use that promo code Scoop. Looking at the uh, no show packs right now, um, but yeah, just a lot of great different socks. Uh, if you look looking for something for game days, uh, they've got the uh, the. The uh, colorways, the different, uh, the, the crimson packs. Uh, I know I saw some people tweeting at us that they had their new uh, Maker Bay fields and all that, and and so go check them out. They've got a lot of new, uh, new colorways out there uh, for you to choose from. So if you've gotten them in the past and you got them and you think, oh, I got my game day socks. Well, they got even more now. So uh, a lot of really cool combinations. You can get up to like you know four packs. Uh, of different varieties, but yeah, I'm looking at, at them now. Um, some of the new ones are are just awesome. The the crimson white casual socks four pack for uh, sixty seven ninety five. Those are really really cool. But the uh, the the crimson Mari dress socks, I, I really like those. Uh, so just go check them out. Deadsoxy.com. D e a d s o x y. Use that promo code scoop and you'll get twenty five percent off your entire order uh, from Dead Socks. And as always, stay soxy. Okay, so. You know, I, I think we've kind of broken down most of, you know, what we didn't like or what we're hoping to see. Uh, and we've got some recruiting, Josh. I know we haven't done any uh, uh, YouTubes recently on recruiting, but you've got a decision coming for Danny Okoye. Uh, you've had some visits here and there. Um, let's just kind of go over, you know, we did the uh, the Nigel Smith uh, YouTube video uh, and appreciate everybody checking that one out because that got a lot of views as well. But um, I guess just pick up after Nigel Smith, uh, Josh, and kind of tell us the latest, what's what's going on with recruiting. Yeah, you know, you had uh, Oklahoma, obviously, with a, with a visit weekend last weekend, and I think probably the two most notable stories to come out of that were two teammates, uh, 2026 guys. Uh, Legend Bay, a uh, quarterback athlete from Mesquite Horn. Uh, he'd been in the Frisco ISD and then has transferred into Mesquite Horn, Um where they already had Lamont Rogers, the 2025 offensive tackle, that's a big time target for Oklahoma. Uh, he he was on campus as well, and then uh, Markel Ford, a safety, uh, same program at Horn. Um, that um, you know, Oklahoma has a lot of connections to that staff. There's a, there is a you know I know a lot of times OU fans and and rightly feel like oh when they're recruiting in Texas they got to recruit against a bunch of UT fans on the. Um, 
on the coaching staff. I, I am sure there are some there at Horn, but I can tell you there is plenty of Oklahoma representation um, that uh, are are very that are always eager to take those guys up to Norman if they want to ride that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, you know, talking to uh, Lamont, um, like I said, twenty twenty five offensive tackle, top fifty ish guy in the country, big time talent. Love the visit. Um, said he mentioned getting to talk to uh, to Curtis Lofton a lot during his trip, and really, you know, that conversation seemed to kind of resonate with him. Um, and uh, the others, I mean, I don't think that that really those are the two offers that have went out over the weekend. Uh, a guy like Christian Thatcher, the linebacker from Las Vegas that we talked about last week, that was coming in, uh, loved his visit. I, he is a guy I've had a prediction in for a while. Um, for Oklahoma to land him eventually another 2025 guy. Um, and I, I think that is going to happen. It's just a matter of kind of when and not if with him. Uh, really loves the idea of playing in the SEC. Uh, loves the connection he's built with Brent Venables and Ted Roof and the whole staff. So, I, again, it wasn't a super newsy weekend. Not a lot of fireworks. Or, you know, The only official visitor was Josh Iasosa, the uh, offensive lineman from Edmund Santa Fe that came in. But I think Oklahoma kind of continued to move forward, and and I'm kind of working. I haven't had a chance to, chance to finish woke yet. Um, but when you look at it, I, I think you're starting to see Oklahoma more and more shift toward 2025 and 2026 because with 22 commitments in the class of 2024, there's I mean four or five spots maybe at most available. I mean now you know the right guy, sure they're going to make extra room, but. I've kind of been working on the Simpson like 26, 27 for this class. And, you know, that with guys like Grant Brick set to the side, Eddie Pierre-Louis, um, you know, Daniel Akinkumi. I mean, they, they've got three in offensive linemen right there. So the numbers are getting pretty tight, and Oklahoma's having to make some decisions. So I think you're starting to see them pivot a little bit towards the, you know, the juniors and sophomores. I know the, uh, the the Bricks kids coming up with the decision soon. What what's the latest there with him? The the big offensive lineman yeah. out of uh, Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah. From you know from Iowa, but lives you know kind of on that border there. So he's only about an hour hour and a half from Lincoln, as I understand it. Um, it it really does feel like it's coming down to Nebraska, Kansas State, and Oklahoma now. What's interesting is when you talk to people, Oklahoma seems to think it's Kansas, or excuse me, it's Oklahoma and Nebraska. Nebraska kind of thinks the same. Meanwhile, Kansas State seems to think, you know, it's kind of all three. So I, I don't know what to make of that exactly, but I, I, I've had the impression for a while this is kind of a heart versus head situation. He's a kid that wants to stay close to home. That's a big part of the, the conversation. Nebraska is easily the choice if that's the case. I don't think it's hurt Oklahoma that Nebraska has come out and looked just like absolute garbage offensively through the first two weeks. That that can't be bad news as he looks at it. For Oklahoma's part, he loves Bill Biedenboe. He loves Jerry Schmidt. He sees that as a good fit for him with what he needs to do from, you know, not just offensive line development, but physical development because you know, this isn't a kid playing in just in Iowa. He's playing small school ball in Iowa. So there's a lot of maturation that's going to have to happen. Um, but I, I, again, gun to my head, I pick Oklahoma, but I don't think any of the choices would be very surprising. But I think Kansas State's probably the least likely of the three at this point. 
There is an announcement coming up next week with Danny Okoye. Still feeling pretty good about Oklahoma and where they are positioned right now for him. Or, you know, I, I think if you wanted to read the uh, the tweets from over the weekend, did the Texas performance down in Tuscaloosa do anything? I think it's interesting that in spite of that, and again, I mean, hard not to be impressed with what Texas did. Danny's not. Danny was planning to go down there this weekend. That was initially the plan. He's not going to to any knowledge of mine. And I know our guy Jerry Hamilton inside Texas. He's got a prediction in for Oklahoma, just like I and Sam Spiegelman do. So I don't think there's any movement there. And I know talking to Jerry last week, there was definitely a feeling of if he and his mother didn't show up in Austin, it's pretty hard to believe that they were going to be the choice. Uh, there's been a lot of talk of Tennessee through the months, but again, he hasn't been there in a while. So, you know, Oklahoma, I think, has been like three of his last four visits or something along those lines. And I know he's talked about coming back down, uh, or, you know, he was talking about coming back down last weekend following his official week, uh, visit on the Arkansas State weekend. So, I, again, it's, I, I tell you guys all the time when you'll ask me something, it's Danny Okoye. I'm not going to count anything until it comes out of his mouth but at the same time i still think oklahoma's in a really good spot i think he's oklahoma's checked all the boxes he needs to and the fact that this has all come on so fast following that oklahoma official visit usually that's a pretty good indicator of what's happening eddie i feel kind of like uh you know now that we've got the youtube stuff going it's like uh anytime there's it's like the nigel smith thing it's like people know that we do a lot of video stuff. They're like, are you going to stream it? How do I watch it? Like, Okoye is, uh, he's, he's got it planned stream, right, to, to announce it on the 20th? Or is that? I don't know I if believe. there's a planned stream. I don't know if he's announced anything like that. It but like it's just Instagram He's page. announced he's where he's going Instagram. to be. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, he, he's saying, yeah. Is it like an Instagram live or is like. That's know. what he says. Okay. He says it will also be live on Instagram. So, um, you know. Uh, we'll, I, I can retweet that out, but yeah, I mean, for those, you know, maybe even that I feel like we've talked about all three schools announced the final three of Texas, Tennessee, and Oklahoma, and is going to announce, uh, a week from today on Wednesday, the 20th yeah. at six 30. Um, obviously being a homeschool guy, it's not going to be at his school. He's picked out a something called core society. I don't know what that is. Um, in, uh, in Bixby, America. So big Bixby getting to claim yet another big time football player. That that's just what Bixby does right now. I love Bixby. You do? Not really. No, I hated playing them because they beat your ass in basketball. We never played them in football, no. but they beat us in basketball. Do you feel it would have gone well in football? No, Bishop Kelly. I will say though, Bishop Kelly beat Bishop McGinnis this week. So shout out. Mm. Oh, some also Owen Heineke. Owen Heineke, my boy Owen Owen Heineke got a a tackle on the kickoff this last week against SMU. Shout out Bishop Kelly. Bishop Kelly. This Bishop Kelly segment has been brought to you by uh, what parishes? How many? Just remind me how many Putnam City kids are on this team. Are we going to start having? Uh, Are we going to start having? uh, We have one Heisman Trophy. That that's on every team though. (laughs) Are we going to start having Bishop (laughs) Kelly commercials like Gabe Eichert has McGinnis commercials? I don't know. I could probably work on that if we want. Speaking of which, have we done uh, the... We do uh, have three Catholics, me, you, we, and Bob. Did we do the uh, other ad read? Yes. Yeah. The other one? With the we haven't, we have What? Yeah. I missed that. I totally missed that. That was that. Yeah, we did early, that. yeah. Okay. We did it early. 
I, I thought, wasn't listening. I thought you I were Speak. trying to sneak in a quick trip on me or something. Oh, no, 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 no. No. I by the way, quick trip, they, the quick trip wanted to come by the office, and I told them we'd be here, but other things happened, so I'm sorry, Joseph. I screwed you. Um, I mean, I screwed you out of coming to the office. Since. Oh, boy. Um, so, Josh, anything else that you wanted to throw out there recruiting-wise that people should keep an eye on? Uh, I'm sure there's something I'm going to forget. Um, but no, like I said, nothing immediately comes to mind. I think you are looking, like I said, the, the most immediate decisions in 2024, obviously Danny, who we've already talked about, and then Daniel Akinkumi, he is set for October 12th, uh, so a few more weeks out. I think in that interim, you're going to see Grant Briggs make a decision. It's just kind of one of those things, I'm, you know, talking to sources, he kind of keeps, like, it's just like, okay, I need one more week. I need one more week. I need one more week. Because he was going to do this in the summer and then before his season. And, you know, it just kind of drags out forever. But like I said, I, I think you could see Oklahoma land three pretty highly rated commitments in the next month. I don't think – I wouldn't be tremendously surprised about that. Are people – you think people are worried about uh, Deion Sanders coming in and poaching recruits? I mean, I, I, I think that there is starting to become a reality, Josh, that – this thing's going to have to be taken a little bit more seriously than maybe a lot of people thought it was, myself included. The Colorado thing, you mean? Yeah, just like the entire thing. And especially with the quarterback if, that's now interested. If they're not worried, they're nuts. I mean, you're, you're especially for programs that recruit the Dallas area and all that the connections Dion has down there and, and how revered he is from, you know, the prep ranks on. Um, I, yeah. That that is a legitimate concern, and like you said, guys. I mean, I, I've heard several people say it, and they're right. You know, I, I th there was no doubt with Sean Lewis as their offensive coordinator, and having you know Shadur and um and J and Travis Hunter and the you know, the Weaver kid. You knew, okay, like they're they're going to move the ball. They're going to have some success. The thing that I marvel at, they look disciplined. Like they're not yeah. screwing up. They're not making like they are playing good football and they're physical. And I heard someone kind of say it the other day that like that's the misconception about Dion is like he's very flashy and has his own production thing and you know doesn't really need um you know and does a lot of like YouTube video and viral work and that kind of stuff, but He's kind of old school in the way he, is he very sees old things, school, yeah. the way he approaches yeah. stuff. No, there's no and doubt. I, I mean, I just think that's interesting. You just watch the interviews, like I watched one he did with Joe Klatt and uh, some of the other ones, but that's the vibe he gives off. Like he gets you in the door with all the flash, but then once you're there, you might as well be coached by Pat Jones. I mean, it's like <laughs> he is super old school, and you can tell he wants yeah. things done. Like he grew up in a very disciplined football environment you could tell and that's what he believes in i wonder if he'd ever go to the nfl dion yeah i don't know but i i i, I and I he will go to a higher paying college I, job i, I know wish that, that yeah. i uh i wish that i remembered who threw this out there maybe andy staples i can't remember who it was it was it was re in the last couple of days i know a school that has no problem just throwing money at people Texas A&M? Yes. <laughs> Deion Sanders down in College out, Station. Buy, buy out, out Jimbo. Jimbo I, and bring I mean, Deion. it's crazy, but if there's a school that would do it and immediately react to what he's doing in Boulder through, you know, what would be 12, well, 13 it, games. And it also, you know, lifts that whole ag perception. If you have Dion there, mm -hmm. you have no problem with – he might have to take a statue or two down but um, to get him. 
they might do that. And and here the other side of this too is as much as I don't believe in what Dion was going to do, I'm starting to believe that you have to take it a little bit more seriously. Uh, he ain't staying in Boulder very long. No, no. I, as, mu- as much as Colorado fans want him to stay around, it's been proven this is a stepping stone. How many years of eligibility does Shadur have left? I I believe he is a junior. I think he'll go to the draft this year, though. I mean, but he's so I don't much think better than Travis I thought Hunter, he was. Because Travis Hunter can't follow him either. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. So I, I yeah, Shadur's listed as a junior. Okay. So, and that's um, the problem with the with the transfer portal now is like he can bring people in, but they can't leave. It's not instant transfer yeah. anywhere you want anymore. Uh, and that's, North Carolina had that's to pay the price to get that back going. Like how, like. And I think it'll tell you next year if he spends a lot of time in the portal and he like it has a heavy senior presence in his portal, that'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. Like, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to run these guys out for one year, and then I'm making no promises beyond that. Because his recruiting impact has not been what I thought it was going to be. Like, it, it, like, he got a few early commitments, and then it's been okay, not special. I mean, the quarterback he's got committed is like a three-star kid from the Midwest. And, I mean – that's fine, but it's just I, I kind of thought there would be bigger waves than that, and I wonder if it's because of this very reason. Now, at the same time, I guess those kids could come in and then follow him wherever he goes. But yeah, Travis Hunter and Shadur, they're they're locked into Colorado, so I just I don't see him doing that. Yeah, if they're and high school kids, what, they can leave any time, but but yeah, the transfers they're stuck there. Yep, yeah. and that's that's all those kids, and I mean I you know he's got to do what's best for him, but he. He realizes obviously Shadur is his son, and and Shiloh as well, who made who transferred in as well. Um, but with Travis, like he knows how important Travis is to his legacy and what what he's kind of building. I just don't think he can mess around there. Yeah, All I'm right. gonna I'm gonna wait to crown him though. I mean, they I don't TCU. I think kind of fumbled the bag. I think people would be talking a little bit differently about him if they were one and one right now. They beat a bad Nebraska team, like the Jeff Sims kid. He's bad. God bless. He's him. he's. I mean, like Jeff Sims is like what? I, it's so hard to explain, but he's a negative. Like you're better off just not playing a quarterback. Like you are better off. Nebraska was better off running OU's Texas game plan last year than they were in having. Like if you want to know how bad it could go with Davis Bevel. That's that's probably about as bad, if not worse. I might trust I Bevel with the ball more than yeah. I do Jeff Sims. Yeah, now throwing it and like making with. the offense move, <laughs> that might be a little bit of a different question. Yeah, well, because I mean, it's just one of those things where like, what are you? Why are you trying to make him something he's not? Like, run a bunch of option, run a bunch of zone read stuff. Like, like you're not throwing this ball, Jeff. You're you're just. I mean. If a guy has 20 yards of space, maybe we'll let you let it fly. But other than that, no way. Um, I, like I said, I think it's pretty I, – I think Colorado's pretty good. I think this idea they're going to play with Oregon is madness. I think Oregon is just – I mean, just going to batter them up front uh, because that Colorado offensive line is not good. It's just not. Um, I can't even remember. It was yeah, such guys, a blur. Did Tech – Oregon beat Texas Tech, right? Yeah, they came yes, back okay. and beat it. Not yeah. only did they, they come back, back and beat them, they came back and covered, which is one of the most god awful like backdoor covers by Oregon. 
in the history of game. I, I feel so bad. What kind of parlay for the, did you have? I didn't have them, thank God. But I almost <laughs> did. And that would have been bad. You guys, to, you guys would have already known about to it. Connect this, to connect it to Oklahoma, my only concern, I, and I'm a huge Matt Rule guy. Like I, 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 I am absolutely too. thought he would have been a great hire for Oklahoma. His offensive coordinator hire scares me just a little bit because that's the same guy that Spencer Rattler couldn't get anything going with last year. And then the second he was gone, Spencer Rattler starts playing football. And I'm just like, I don't because I there I know there's a lot of people that do the advanced metrics that think Satterfield's just garbage. So I did he I, not, I don't know. Did I, he not hire Grimes at Baylor? Did he come in with Aranda? Yeah, Grimes okay. is an Aranda guy. I like Grimes a lot. I think he's a I do really too. Good I love his offense. Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean Satterfield, you're right. He's he's one of those guys like he keeps moving around and bouncing around and you're just like if he if your team catches him, you're like, okay, I get why this guy bounces around so much. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of um oh uh, almost Bo Pelini ish there at some point where you're like, Yikes. ooh, okay. Like the the name was Nebraska was a lot better with Bo Pelini. Like, I mean, let's let's not throw him Fair. under the bus. Fair. No, I just mean from Bo Pelini for a while was like that hot DC name, and then he kind of kept getting places, and people were like, "Oh, that's not as yeah. good as I thought it was." Yeah. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, real, real quick, I yeah. know that you weren't here when we were talking about Harrington. On a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten, how worried are you? Nine. Yeah. I get, Wait a minute. Worried about what loss for the season or not playing this Saturday? Both. Nine on both. I don't think it's good. he's not playing Saturday. I could be yeah. totally wrong. I hope, maybe, I hope we're wrong. Yeah, I just, it doesn't seem good. The, right. the rap he had on at practice is not not a good sign. Yeah. All right, uh, that's going to do it for this week. Tulsa coming up this weekend. Uh, don't forget, check out the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Soonerscoop. Uh, George and Eddie will have the game day preview coming up tomorrow. Uh, probably get that posted uh, mid afternoon to early evening some around there and then uh we promise we're going to get josh more involved uh on the recruiting stuff we're uh continuing to work on figuring out all the uh, details on that one maybe so. we need to have a uh, journalism 101 course too on youtube you just like getting hate don't you i do bring it on <laughs> i can take it I, George, George he's recovered like he was beat us. down he was beat down on tuesday i wasn't beat down i was just like these people are morons you just you, like you have to go through that, and then you're like, "I can't be impacted." Now you're talking about these teaching. people, not like our people, not like everyone listening. Oh no, to the no, podcast. no, 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 no. Want to be clear? Yeah. It's a very, it's a very small, small, small people that are just. You mean I? It's like Eddie said the other day. We were at practice, and he's like, "People aren't even reading what's being put out there. They just no. want to be mad." Yeah, and it's right. those people that are the most. And those, but I, they're, they're kind of fun people. Yeah, no, it's I <laughs> like them. Yeah, it's after you look back at it after a day, you're like, yeah, that was kind of. I mean, there's been some stuff where it's just like blatant, like, my god, this I can't believe this person exists, and like, and, and like the most, YouTube comments. Most of the time, when those have, hey, they're getting really good. We're, yeah. we're getting bigger. Uh, most of the time, those people are like, this is a fake person. Like, there, no one can be this way. There was a dude. In the middle of all that uh, Art Brile stuff, I was like, this is just an awful human being. Like, he's just yes. terrible. Like, that doesn't happen very often. I'm not talking like, uh, oh, what's the Ronnie Crimson, Crimson Ronnie? Like, he's just a 
he's a fake person. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, I haven't even blocked him. So uh, that's going to do it. Uh, George, keep fighting the good fight. I muted over 100 people on Twitter <laughs> this week. So if George never responds to you, that means that he hates you. Correct. Oh, my God. Well, everybody's like I always say this. Everybody's got to handle social media the way that they handle it because I hate the listeners. I hate you, the people that are out there right now. God damn! Don't subscribe to the YouTube show either. <sighs> just kidding. what are you doing? not at YouTube? You, know, you think people are going to take this my advice? advice? I think this means more people will. There are still people that can't figure out horns up for peace, and you're doing that. Oh man, those are part of the. <laughs> Those are my QAnon people. See, I love Bob them. is over in the corner like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Like, There's a reason I'm gaining on followers on everybody. Hey, my Just, followers went up this week, despite all the I don't think anybody's hate. catching me, so we're good. That's I feel true. pretty comfortable. Wow. <laughs> my God. If you add some of yours together, you might. If you add them together, some of you might, but not catching me. That is in rare form. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We will talk to you next week. Thank you. They can't hear you, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be back uh, after the Tulsa, uh, the Tulsa game. Get ready for a uh, Big 12 conference play. Uh, thanks. For, man, there's a fight now. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time on the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.